Continuing with uh, health news out of the province of Alberta, but in this case, some good news yet again. Um, coming from a group of researchers at the University of Alberta who made worldwide headlines um, well, a few decades ago now uh, regarding um, treating diabetes, and they've done it once again. They continue to make incredible progress on this front. So joining us now to tell us what this latest um, step is or breakthrough is, we have Dr. James Shapiro, who is Professor of Surgery, Medicine, and Surgical Oncology at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry. Dr. Shapiro, thank you for joining us. Always good to chat. Thank you for having me, Shay. Good morning. Uh, so once again, we have another exciting uh, report of a, another advancement you and your team have made in the fight against diabetes, um, calling this a milestone in, getting, in the journey towards getting people off of insulin. Um, tell us what's happened. What's this latest uh, work that you've done and, and what, how it works out? Okay. So very simply, we've been working with a company called Viasite that has an embryonic stem cell-derived human insulin-making cell line. It's They call them islet-like cells. So the islets are normally found inside the pancreas and they make insulin in somebody that doesn't have diabetes. Someone that develops diabetes has dysfunctional or, or those cells disappear because the immune system destroys them. What we did in this trial with Viasite is we used their cells. Uh, they've got a fancy name. They're called PECO1. And we put them under the skin inside really tiny devices, each the size and shape of a tiny postage stamp for the smaller devices. We put those in the in the forearm. And some larger devices, which were more the therapeutic devices, which are about as long as a credit card and half as wide and flexible and thin. And they went under the tummy wall skin. And we put them in and then we waited uh, periods of time and took the cells out at, and, and the devices out at different time points and looked under the microscope. And what we found was under the microscope around 65% of patients had surviving human insulin-making islet cells uh, over periods of time, out to two years. Wow. And in about a third of cases, we could measure the insulin levels and detect it in the peripheral bloodstream uh, from the insulin that was secreted by these cells. Now, we didn't set out in this trial to try and cure diabetes. That wasn't the goal. The idea was to test primarily the safety of putting cells inside these devices un under the skin. And what we proved in the trial, yes, it was extremely safe. Patients tolerated this very well indeed. But it's really one step along our journey that will eventually lead to a potential cure for diabetes. Okay, and it builds on the previous advancement that uh, we know about that happened, I think, back in the 1990s, right? Is this sort of the next step in that journey that you've been on for so long now? Yeah, I think it is, Shay. So, so the the beginning steps for us were the, the Edmonton Protocol, where we transplanted, and we continue to do that now, human islet cells that are taken from organ donors, same organ donors that provide heart, lungs, and livers for yeah. transplant. In our case, we extract the islet cells from the pancreas over a complex process, usually all night with a very skilled team of individuals, and we infuse those into the liver of patients, and we usually need about two donors to provide enough cells to allow people to come off insulin, and most patients can come off insulin for periods of time. But the issue is, First of all, there'd never be enough organ donors to go around. They're scarce as it is. And if we look at the you know, 465 million people across the world that have various forms of diabetes, there'll never be enough organ donors to go around. And then the second thing, issue for us is we have to give powerful anti-rejection drugs. They carry side effects. And so previously with our Edmonton protocol and ongoing treatments, it's great for someone that has really difficult control of diabetes and needs a fix like this. 
but it's not perfect for somebody that has good stable control of diabetes because of those those risks of the anti-rejection drugs. So what this trial does for us is provide a, a limitless source, potentially a limitless source of cells derived from these stem cells, embryonic stem cells, that could eliminate the need for the organ donor. Uh, in the first trial here, and I, I did say it's stepwise, so it is iterative. In the first phase, these cells are still what we call alle allogeneic, so they can be rejected uh, by the body. So anti-rejection drugs still have to be given, even though the cells are inside these devices. The next phase of the trials, which we're starting right now, actually, and we're actively looking for patients around Edmonton to participate, is we're, we're taking the same kind of cells, these PECO1 cells, but this time they've been gene edited. Uh, so you'll have heard in the news the last day or two, the, that patient that got the heart. The pig heart, yeah. Yeah, so that, that pig had, had multiple gene edits using a special new technology called CRISPR-Cas9. I won't go into all the complexities of it, but basically it allows you to knock in and knock out certain genes to make the cells more compatible. Mm -hmm. So what Viasite have done with their PEC line, and they call it now PEC-QT for quiet cells, is they've made these cells in invisible to the immune system. Uh, and so we're hoping that we can transplant these cells without the need for any anti-rejection drugs. So that will be the next step along the along this journey and then if we start to get to the final steps then we need to likely put these cells in a deeper location not just under the skin but in a site where they can better function like the liver like we do with the Edmonton protocol and I think when we deliver large numbers of cells that are biocompatible and protected so they don't get rejected then then patients I think will be able to come off insulin and have excellent function and lead a normal life. Um, how close do you think we are? I mean, we continue to make these steps, and it sounds like this is a pretty, well, it's a bit of a leap forward. I mean, do you think we're honestly going to get to a point where we can treat, not cure diabetes, but at least not have to treat it with daily insulin injections? I really do. I see, I see diabetes as a biological problem. It's, you know, that you either don't make insulin or you don't have enough or, or the right kind of insulin. It, just injecting it from the outside as a chemical treatment, it's been around for 100 years. In fact, it's 100 years... I think exactly to the day where the first patient was treated with 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 insulin in, in, in Toronto. So we can celebrate that as a Canadian discovery. But it's not perfect. So we need a biological solution to a biological problem. And this is a perfect biological solution because it replaces the cells and augments the cells that produce insulin. So absolutely, I, I think we'll get there. Another approach that we're using in the lab right now is to try and take patients' own cells. So that's another way to get around needing the anti-rejection drugs, take patients' own cells. And we can mm -hmm. do that by just a simple blood test, 20 mils of blood in a, in, a, in a test tube. And then we work on those cells. It takes two or three months to, to do this, but we can now follow a process in the lab like a, like a complex cooking recipe where we can turn these cells from being blood cells first into, what, in, into a special kind of malleable stem cell called an iPS cell. And then we can add different growth factors. And over about a month, it takes us uh, beyond there to turn those cells into the islet cells that we want. And then we could transplant patients' own cells back into them. And we're hoping that process too would be another way to get around the immune system and allow patients to have compatible transplants with no risk. Incredible work, doctor. Uh, love following your journey. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some insight this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for your interest. You were very excited, of course. Yeah, you bet. That's Dr. James Shapiro, who is a professor of surgery, medicine, and surgical oncology at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry.